in here, to, um, we're never tired to eat it. So anyway, but I want to welcome you guys. My name is Pastor Rich here. If you're a guest, uh, thank you for coming out. Hey, I just want to really let you know on January 8th, and she said 11th and the 12th, that we'll have our fasting and prayer. And guys, you don't want to miss that. We start the year just going with before God, re-engaging him and asking what he wants us to do for that year. Every year we get together, something special happens. It was about two years ago, we came together and we walked around our neighborhood here and we prayed for our neighborhood to be upgraded. And God has showed me a vision about, uh, about someone's going to come in with better eyes and see what they, we call trash. They're going to call it treasure. And he's going to, what he used, he used uh, Isaiah 61 talking about we're going to rebuild the ruins. And we've seen that our old boys and girls club, a young man named Tim Smith from uh, works uh, for um, Firehouse Gym. In fact, he owns it. He bought that and he renovated that. And then we've been praying and praying for our neighborhood, and God said, every building around here is going to be, re- is going to be redone. Well, he just bought that building right across the street here, yes. this white building that's been here. It's been an eyesore for years, and he's going to renovate that in this whole area, and then we're going to renovate the parking lot. And God is doing something amazing in this, in this area, in our neighborhood. And we have neighbors now. And across the street, we're believing for that multiplex there to be condos. So every year, God puts something on our heart that we know once we're a church that's planted here and God's glory comes out of here, he always renovates the neighborhood that the church is in. So we're going to have no kidding neighbors and we're watching things take place. So be really excited about that, that we're seeing life coming out of uh, ruins and we're seeing treasures being uh, redone and our children will benefit from it. Will definitely benefit from it. If you've been coming a while, we're in our part three of our um, series called Hark called Hark. It means to listen closely, to lend the ear, to give attention to. And we've taken the, the, um, the Christmas story and we broke it up into different sections and how it affected each person. And without each person involved in the Christmas story, we wouldn't better celebrate Christmas. And last couple of weeks ago, we talked about fear not, but believe God. We talked about Zachariah, Jesus's cousin. We were talking about Jesus's cousin. John's going to be born. Remember, she was barren and the angel came, Gabriel came, and said, you will have a son. And they had, a, they had, they had John. And then we said next, year, next week, last week, we talked about uh, trust God with Mary. As the angel came to Mary and said, you are blessed, old favored one, and you will, have, you will give birth to the Messiah. And I tagged that with Mary's husband. And today we get to talk about Mary's husband, a man's man. It's an amazing guy, Joseph. He doesn't get much play on, the video, on TV. His name is Joseph. He's an amazing guy. And how he was able to listen and obey the Lord. Because today I'm going to talk about obedience. Everyone say obey. obey. Say it again. Obey. Two things that you don't want to preach about. This is hard. Money and obedience. Because everyone's face changes. And you realize what you haven't been doing for the Lord. But we're going to have fun with this today. Okay? And let the Holy Spirit... If he has to, he will convict you. We're going to go into Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. We're going to look at the birth of Christ. And this is an angel coming to Joseph, the husband of Mary. It's not a birth of Jesus took place in this way. When, the mother, when his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. Remember, before they came together, she was found to be with child. From the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, he wants to be a just man, and unwilling to put her 
to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his, his people from their sins. Say, I'm his people. And all this took place <coughs> to fulfill what the Lord has spoken to the prophet. This is Isaiah seven fourteen. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They should call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, as he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask that we hear exactly what the Spirit is saying to the churches and to us today in Jesus' name. We see the story I talked about last week of Joseph and how he obeyed. Now, when you talk about obedience, it can be really heavy on people's hearts, depending on how you were raised. Now, when I grew up in my age, obedience was very important to my parents. They would tell you to do something, and you did it. If you didn't do it, you were punished. And you couldn't ask the question, why? If you said why, before you got the why, the, the, um, the why out the why, there was something coming toward your face. If you did like this and you get a side look, there was something coming toward your face. Or there was a belt coming out of nowhere. And as my sisters, because I'm the youngest, my sisters never got it right, so they always had to get them off the wall because my mother can put you through a wall. That's what they call discipline. Okay? And today, we don't call it discipline. Now, around my time, we had Dr. Spock came out and his plan about knowing the children's attentions and span and all that and their feelings and put them in time out and, and all those things. And he wound up, his, two, his um, one of his kids committed suicide. But in our day, obedience meant a lot. Now, the way they raised us, they didn't like abuse us. They always explained. My dad would tell me the, what the law was and my mom would always explain the why. Why you shouldn't go across the street. Why you shouldn't you should have clean underwear before you cross the street. Because if you get hit and you have dirty underwear, I'm going to beat you in the hospital because you have dirty underwear. I figure if I get hit, I'm going to have dirty underwear anyway. But you've got to make sure it's clean. Little things like that. So when you go to the store, we weren't allowed to act out because if you acted out in those days, you didn't take you home. They did it right there. And everyone cheered it on. Okay, and I saw someone else act up, your mom will give you like this. Don't you know? I, yes, mom, I know that for a fact. Now, she was about this short, but she was something else. Now, when you look at that, she was, you know, and really, here's a principle of that, obedience. Colossians 3.20 says, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. There's another one in Ephesians 6, 6.3. says, honor your parents. It's the first commandment with a promise. What's the promise? You'll live long. See, a lot of, there's not a lot of honoring going on today. So we lost the idea of obeying and obedience, depending on how you were raised. If you had problems obeying your parents, you're going to have problems obeying God. 
And really, honor is the most important thing. I never want to make my, I never want to hurt my mother's feelings. If I ever got in trouble or got arrested, the biggest thing was watching her cry. If, if I was in jail and watching her cry because I disappointed her. Never want, or my dad didn't ever want to do that. But it, I know that they were doing please them, also please the Lord. Now you get down to this story about obedience, and you see what's happening with, uh, with Joseph. Mary recalled her last week when she was um, told by the angel that she was going to be in conceived Christ. And he said, your, your, cousin, uh, your, uh, your cousin Elizabeth is also pregnant. So Mary went to go spend time with her. Elizabeth was about six months pregnant, so she stayed until John was born, and she came back. Now, when she came back, she was about four months pregnant. And when she came back, Joseph didn't know that. Now, she was approximately about 14 years old, and then Joseph was about 18 years old. Now, when you looked at, um, when you looked at engagement at those times, it was a legal binding covenant contract. You were already, like, they considered you already married, okay, for one year, which only can be terminated by a formal divorce. So when you see the story, husband, they were saying husband and wife, but they weren't married yet. They take a whole year of getting things together, and also the debt, and at the end of the year, the parents will be um, will surprise the children. Now it's time, and Joseph will take his wife in the, and put him in the house, which is usually attached to an in-law. Okay. Now, and it says he will consummate the marriage. That means they will have relations with one another. That's how they consummate after a year. But engagements were very important to them. Now here's Joseph. He just finds out she's pregnant. Now, here's the amazing thing about Joseph in verse 19. He was a man of character and compassion. He was a real guy. Imagine your wife says she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and you're like, no one told me that. Now, he's a just man. He didn't know about grace. He's thinking already, I got to divorce her. But the way he put it was, I'm not going to get in and embarrass her, I'm going to cover her and do it with dignity. I'm going to take two or three witnesses and we'll sign a contract of divorce. You see how he covered her in today's life? If you see the man, he'd be on, he'll be on Maury <laughs> trying to sell, sell. You know how people just sell each other out? They make a mistake. Let's just put it on airwaves. Put it on Twitter. Put it on Facebook. Verse, and then you got to look at, look at the age. They're like not 27, 28, 18 and 14. How important that is. It's amazing. He was able to take obedience and he was able to balance it with compassion. He said, I, he's a just man and I love her. I don't want to see her embarrassed. I don't believe the story she's telling me, but I'm going to do this. So she was, now she's always going to be she's always going to be the person that had that issue, but he was going to try to keep it as silent as possible because he had the right to take her before the family, where a lot of money was exchanged, at least three chains of money for this marriage, and they would stone her to death. He had a legal right to do that, but he decided, I'm going to honor her. Man, you know what's missing today in America? Honor. You know, honor your, honor, honor your elders. You know, when a, when a guy was sitting in the corner, I don't care how old he is, he gives you some wisdom. 
sit there and, old man, just tell you some. When I was growing up, he had older guys give rich, going to give you some wisdom. Now, they were in a mess, and they were going to make sure I wasn't going to follow their mess. But you listen to folks who are seasoned in what was going on. Today's, I know what I'm doing. I got Facebook. I got the Internet. They'll tell me exactly what to do. It's amazing. Well, let's look at it. Let's dive into this. Now, his response to the angels shows us what our obedience should be. First one, it should be immediate. Second one, unconditional. Third one should be complete. Let's look at the first one, immediate. Immediate obedience. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. He took her to be his wife. She was pregnant, not by him. Not by him. I love his obedience. It was immediate. He immediately, without asking any questions, he didn't spend time stressing over it. He let himself get sidetracked. You know how emotions and worries was involved in him? Like, oh, my gosh, what are people going to say? What's my family going to say? I got to do all this. And all these worries and, and all these circumstances, he still obeyed immediately. What keeps us from doing that? A lot of times it's our emotions. We don't want to obey because our emotions. Now we have this, what we call this emotional theology. Because I feel it, it has to be God. No. He, had, he would have felt a lot, but it wouldn't have been from God. Immediate obedience. Quickly. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just going to do it. Now, this wasn't even Gabriel. This was just an angel in a dream. So if he did that with an angel in a dream, I'm sure he listened to a lot of other people. I'm sure he listened to his elders because he wanted to honor God. Un immediate obedience. I know when I struggle with this, well, I struggle with my parents. It was I, it wasn't comfortable to be the last, be the first one in the house. Seven thirty, got to go to bed. It's still daylight. I got to go to bed. Yeah, in fact. You're going to be on the porch. That means 7.30 in the bed means you're in the bed. You don't come in the house at 7.30. You're in the bed. Can I get you like, when your son comes to work at 9 o'clock, that means at 9 o'clock you're already starting work, not just coming in the door. You want to get promoted? Do that. Okay? Now, when he meant, he did this. It's uncomfortable. Sometimes obedience is uncomfortable. Now, my parents were not worried about my emotions. They were worried about my soul. About my soul. Because the guys who didn't go to bed at 7.30, I watched them go to jail. I didn't. Because I had to be in bed at 7.30. I had to do chores before I can go out. And I didn't get paid for the chores. <laughs> because I lived there. I know, that's, a new, that's one of those things that's new now. Dad, you're going to pay me for wa- what? For washing my car that you ride in for free? <laughs> it's fun. If you, I'll, give you, I'll, give you, I'll give you all this money if you get good grades. Are you kidding me? Now, that's a bonus, but you're going to get good grades if I don't give you any money. Expectation. I know I'm breaking everyone's paradigm today in 2017, 
you have this thing, worried about your emotions and you, you know. He, didn't, he had a lot to worry about. He just had to do it. He had to do it. Second one is, I love his, you say the same thing in 24, it's unconditional. When Joseph was told what to do, he obeyed without asking him for proof. Conditions or assurance. He wasn't looking for loopholes. Now, I remember when I didn't want to do something, I want clarification. What does it really mean to say go? Let's have a Bible study. G-O, go. Well, can we spend six weeks on that? I need clarification. Do you mean go now? Now your kids do that, right? Did you say, take out the trash. Now? And they wait a week. I told you to take out the trash. I didn't know you said now. Loopholes. Loopholes. You mean forgive? Forgive what? Oh, no, you don't understand. I can't forgive now. Well, you don't know how I feel. It has nothing to do with feelings. It ain't got nothing to do with them. You're drinking the, the, the arsenic. They don't even know it. You're dying, and they're enjoying themselves. Forgive. Now. I'm black and white. That's how I grew up. There was no gray. Take out the trash now. There wasn't a distance. That means I stopped, and I took out the trash. When the kitchen was closed, it was closed. <laughs> if you didn't eat your vegetables, you sat there until you ate them. Now, you can, they were injected. They were going to inject something on you if you didn't inject, ingest that vegetable. So I learned how to eat it. Now I like it. I even like squash now. I can't believe it. My mother returned in her grave. Praise the Lord. <laughs> squash and liver. Oh, my God. I hate it Thursdays. <laughs> I got to get back on stage. Right. Unconditional. What do you mean? Unconditional. Why? Complete trust is seen in unconditional obedience. Complete trust in God is seen through unconditional obedience. And I learned that, that as a child of God, I don't have rights, I got privileges. But when God says forgive, now you do it. Extend mercy now, you do it. Extend love now, you do it. Why? He's growing me up. And he always tells you, you have to be unconditional, you know? You have to enjoy it. Because at the end of it, it's the greatest thing. You're free. Can I get an amen? Now, here's the thing about this obedience. He said, you're giving birth to the Son of God, who will forgive the sins of all mankind. So your obedience, guys, will benefit your family and your friends. His obedience benefited all of us today. Suppose he didn't obey. He was on the lineage of David. Suppose he didn't obey. The story would have been changed. I don't want to know what that looked like. I like what he did. So on the other end of our obedience, someone's looking is going to benefit from it. No one likes that. We love, bless me now, Lord, bless me now, bless me now. How do I do with that? When, you're, when you obey something that's hard, it's going to make it easier for other people. When I don't feel like witnessing, when I'm flying on an airplane, I don't feel like talking. I want to read my Bible. 
But someone wants to talk to you. Do I feel like it? No. I'm going to obey it, though. So they at least get a, a seed of Jesus planted on this flight, especially coming out of here. You know, people, they, they don't know anything about God, but you start flying envoy out here, American Eagle, ooh, they start, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. I'm like, okay, now Jesus is real. Before you land, don't worry about it. If you crash, at least you know who Christ is. I'm not going to crash. Oh, we know we ain't going to crash. <laughs> but there's opportunities. Do I feel like it? No. But what does God say do? Preach this gospel. Because it's going to benefit them. Someone did that to me. And they're like, I don't know why I'm sharing this with you. This is very uncomfortable. This is not my personality. I'm so glad they did that. I'm so glad they did that. The last one is complete obedience. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son and called his name Jesus. Do y'all know what that means, he knew her not? Okay, because I know y'all going to start, you mean they had sexual relations? No, he had to wait. Oh, that's in church. Hey, you, you know... If church doesn't give it to you right, you don't want your kids reading in the bathroom when it's wrong. I mean, look at what's going on in America today. The idea of men and women, men and women. It's all messed up. And most of it is the guys. Women ain't property. And for women, guys ain't pro- on airheads, and they're not property. So when we forget how to honor one another, this is a mess we got. Because we don't know how to honor one another because we don't know how to honor God. That's a commercial, I'm backing out. But that's what it is. Complete obedience. Complete obedience. Now, partial obedience is disobedience. That's what the Bible says. In 1 Samuel 15, how many know about King Saul? The children of Israel were ran and their king was God. They call it theocracy. God was their king. They kept saying, I want a king... We want to be, we want a king who we can see because we want to be like everyone else. We want to be like everyone else. Okay. So you have Samuel. (coughs) Samuel is hurt. God, I don't know why they want you. The best king they ever had. They want to be like everyone else. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. So what happened? They go get Saul. Saul was good looking, great looking guy. He was hiding. They go get Saul. They're not, no, they anoint Saul. God anoints Saul. Saul did not follow God's law or his commandments fully. He followed in his own way of doing it. First thing God told him to do, go out to the Malachites and wipe out the whole nation of the Malachites. Everything. Because they represent sin in your life. Get rid of your sin or come back and get rid of you. Okay? Wipe it all out. And do that. He goes... He goes and gets, wipes out the, um, the less fortunate, kills them, takes the best of the, the animals, the best, and takes the king with him, which he was supposed to destroy the king, parades him in, and then he thinks he's obeying God. He's not doing anything. Not doing anything. Well, Samuel, and God says in the very beginning, I can't believe I, I laid hands on Saul. He 
just stop following me. Now, it's interesting when he says, when he says, follow me. When he says, you stop following by, by obeying my commands. You know that obedience is our sign of us following God. So he stopped following God. He did his own thing. And then he built a monument to himself. Now he's become God. You know, when you stop following God, listen to me. Obedience is amazing. If you don't obey God and you stop following God, you start following, you start following yourself. <coughs> you know what I mean? Self-proclaimed bishops and overseers and pastors we have because they stop following God, they start following themselves with this title, with three people. You're a bishop with three people. And the whole thing is built around them. And people follow that because it's the God they can see and they can understand. And it feels good. Come on, somebody. So when you look at that, he actually thought he did it. <coughs> Saul goes. Samuel goes to see him. Hey, Saul. And Saul says, hey, how you doing, Samuel? Guess what, man? I, I obeyed all the commands of the, law, of the Lord. Now, if you did, well, I got that sheep and I got these guys making noise. What is, well, here's what happens when, you, when you're off balance and you're not obeying God and how you want to. Well, you know, I did all the things that God told me, but those people took the, the best of the sheep. Now he's blaming the people. You know, when you stop following God, it's always someone's fault. You know what I mean? You know, your grandmother hacked you off, so that's why I stopped. I don't give people that much power. I can't. I'm a pastor. If I let you give power in my life, I would quit a long time ago. But, you know, it's like that. And he, and he, oh, my gosh. And then he sees it. I messed up. But this is what he said. I want you to hear this because we, we need to hear this today. It said this. He said in verse 23, since you obey, disobeyed, he called that rebellion rebellion. He said it's as witchcraft. You know, what the, you know what the decree of witchcraft is? Do it thy will. Do it thy will. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Right. Do it thy will. And I see a lot of people now in our communities doing thy, their own will, apart from the church. And they build this thing off of them. Because when you walk away like Saul, pride comes, you start rising up, you build your own monument. You're the, you're the, you're the, you're the one to yourself. You have to answer to nobody. Because the second one, it says, when you don't obey, that means you're insubordinate, which is sin and idolatry. Oh, my gosh. You're kidding. Yeah. Insubordination. We talk about that a lot in the military. In the civilian world today, how many love their boss? How many think your boss does everything right? But you still honor your boss, don't you? Work for a company that wouldn't honor the boss. That's why they're going under now. They weren't perfect. They were a mess. But I tell you what, you honor those in that position. Insubordination is a big thing today. No one wants to be under anybody. And here's Joseph under an angel. We want to do our own thing. 
And I see the church today, we have this, we put gray in the middle of black and white. We do. We, we add that in because in, in that gray area is our emotions. It's my identity. I want to build something that looks just like me. I want to see a lot of people look just like me in between that. When God says it's black and white, obey. So you have joy. You know, when I had my joy, my time when my mom said, I'm so proud of you. And that's what set me up because I got so cocky. Then the next week, you're done, you know. <laughs> I used to work for God. I used to work for God. He got mad all the time. He fired you. You're fired. I'm like, okay. Then he'll take off for three hours. I'm packing my bags, packing my stuff. What are you doing? So you fired me. So I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad at the situation. So well, you got to stop doing that. Because I'm like, I don't know what to do. Because I'm just mad. He wasn't perfect, but he's an amazing leader. It's crazy. But you need, in that time, we needed him. Obedience. Look in your life now. And while you fully obeying the Lord, are you doing it in your own way? Saul was doing it in his own way. Because he was going to benefit from it. I built this, the people. And then he said then, you know, I was trying to keep the people happy instead of keeping God happy. He says, I did all that. He says, don't you know that God said this? Sacrifice. I mean, obedience is better than sacrifice. That's where it came from. I'm seeing what hurts anybody more at my age is seeing people destroy their callings, and destroy their lives because they don't want to obey God. They split families up and try to build something outside that God said, you know what God's mission is? The church. That's his mission. Everything that we do has to be through the church. Is it a perfect church? Oh, no. But when you honor your leaders, and people do that in a church, by golly, they'll start honoring their, their, their senators. They'll start honoring the president. They'll start honoring. Now, are they perfect? No. But it's honoring is amazing. It's joyful. Because how many of you know before you were supervisor, you knew everything? And then you became the supervisor, and everybody like, oh. And they look at you, they say the same thing about you that you said about them. Now, one of the greatest things about this story is Joseph, through his obedience, adopted Jesus into his lineage. So he's the king of David. He was of the line of David. Joseph adopted Jesus into the, his family. Just as God has adopted us into his family, through Jesus. When I was a kid, I was a foster kid, and I always wanted to be adopted. But then God showed me that I was there at 13 months, and I was able to stay with my family forever. And I never, they never brought up I was, a, I was a foster kid. It was better than adoption. I didn't need a contract. I had love. Like God, God doesn't need a contract. He loves us. And he said, you know, there's something in the name. Jesus' name means this. God saves. God to the rescue. But Emmanuel specifies, Jesus specifies what he does. Emmanuel specifies 
who he is. God with us. God with us. When it comes to obedience, you got to remember, God is with you. Now, I always tell somebody, you want, here's the litmus test. If you're really obeying God or not. If Jesus was standing right here in front of you, and what you're doing, would you be proud of it? Would he be proud of it? If you say, well, I'm hiding it, you're out of balance. That means you're disobeying. Because he's with us. In fact, I love this. In Matthew 28, 20, B, says this. After he tells us to go make disciples, I am with you always to the end of the age. I love this part. Promise. I am with you always. God with us. See, obedience to us, here's the greatest thing. It isn't on me to obey. He always, the Holy Spirit pushes me to obey. And then he also helps me to obey. He gives that grace that teaches me to say no to sin. When I'm tempted, I got that grace. Now I'm empowered by that grace to do it. So I'm really being empowered by the Holy Spirit. So God never leaves. You're on your own, boy. Obey. No, I'm going to help you obey. How I did that? Because I sent my only son to die on the cross for you. So I can bring that relationship back to us for you. So before, God wasn't with us. But then he came down. Then he died. Now he's with us, in us, and works through us, which gives me great joy. So when I blow it at 1010 today, I can repent at 1011 and be okay by 1012. Come on, somebody, because I'm a man. (laughs) Right? Thank God, you know, but thank God for Joseph, a man's man. Men, read that story. A man's man. Didn't have to do that. Let's all stand. All we got to do, we're going to sing a song called Trust. When you trust God, listen to me. When you fully submit and trust God, you'll fully submit and trust his people. You'll trust your job. You will trust your family. You will trust all things because it all starts with him. That vertical relationship affects this outside relationship. When people are suspect or they don't, they don't trust, it's because they forgot to trust God. Not us. Not you. Is they don't know that relationship with God. The grace that we experience is the grace they need to learn how to experience. And I'm saying that today because as times are getting just crazier and crazier, we need to be a people who know Jesus is and who loves the people that he loves. Because what the, God, what the, the devil's trying to do now, and not just here, in all different places in the house of God, is fracture it with craziness that doesn't make any sense. But even though I can fracture the only hope on the planet, there will be no hope on the planet. How many are tired of hearing fighting all the time on the news? How many is wearing you out? You get up in the morning like, I don't even know why I'm so tired. Why am I so worn out? What is that? It is a spirit that just blanketed America. And you can just feel it. That's why I want to enjoy my holidays. 
But I want to remember my holidays every day. You got to go against that spirit of negativity. Let me tell you about the spirit of negativity. It will find something wrong with everything, every solution. It'll have a problem for every solution. That's what negativity does. Even though you have a solution, we have a problem with it. I have another solution. We have a problem with it. That's what it does. It's never, ever satisfied. Why? Because they're not satisfied. And who can satisfy us? God himself. So let's spend some time worshiping God. I know we went over a little bit, but it's holidays. I can get away with it. Let's worship God and tell him how much you trust him. Obedience seems like it's tough, but I want you to go home. Look in the mirror. Look at the word. 